bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. Today we take a trip into the inner space of an athlete's brain and find out how and what science is beginning to do to increase the motor cortex's ability to improve control and use of the body's muscle fibers. And helping us plot our course through the neuropathways, we have two guests that are at the forefront of this inner space exploration, co-founder and chief technology officer of Halo Neuroscience, Brett Wingeyer, who will tell us about neuropriming while chief science officer at Striver, Michael Casale, will unlock for us the neuroscience behind virtual reality training. So we are going to go to the forefront of science of the brain and its application for athletes, be they weekend warriors or elite athletes, and then find out what it's like to actually put all of this science into a practical environment. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And it seems like that this is where like the whole industry is going. Like if you're if you're not doing something with the brain, then you're not doing anything at all. Well we've worked we've worked from the head downwards, you know, in developing the way that we train, the developing the efficiency with the dietary, the nutrition, the strength, conditioning, and everyone's gone, well without the brain, none of this other stuff south of the brain works. Kind of makes sense. Let's kind of engage the brain thing. Right. And then, pow, people have unlocked what looks like a Pandora's box in a positive sense. Yes, unless you're dealing with my brain, in which case you've unlocked nothing. And in mine, there's a bit of dust <laughs> tucked away just in that, cor- that corner there. That's the one, yeah. Um, yes, guest time. That's right. Let's get to our first guest. Joining the show right now is co-founder and chief technology officer at Halo Neuroscience, Brett Wingeyer. Brett, hey. how's it going, man? I, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? It's great, we, to, great to talk. We are good. I'm, I, I love this. Chief technology officer at Halo Neuroscience. Yeah. And, uh, that would be me. And Halo sounds so uh, futuristic, but the future is now. You guys uh, basically... Well, tell me, did you invent this this brain doping headset, uh, the, or or what exactly is the Halo headset, and what is neuropriming? Well, so so first of all, we wouldn't call it brain doping, but we can talk about that in a minute. Okay. Um, uh, well, then but, I'll, uh, I, then we will not call <laughs> it we will not call it brain doping, although that sounds like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it, it, the, the term gets used, and uh, you know, it, it, it packs a punch. So I, I completely understand. But uh, um, you know, to, 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 to answer your question, um, the basic science has been around for a long time. Um, uh-huh. The basic science behind uh, helping your brain get better with brain stimulation. But what we invented was the technology that takes it from something you do with with wires and sponges and little beige boxes in the laboratory and took that and put it into a, a package, a product that an athlete can take, take to the gym, to the field, uh, to, the, to the top of the slope, and, and do what they need to do. So it's no longer Dr. Frankenstein, because that's, sort of, that's the whole sort of image you've just painted, in my mind at least, anyway. So, okay, yeah, we've gone 21st yeah. century with it, and we've got these really yeah. cool-looking headsets. So what is, as Chuck asked, neuropriming? So neuropriming is brain stimulation that helps your brain optimize itself faster. 
um, a, a huge part of the benefits you get when you when you train or you practice. Um, you know that applies whether you're whether you're a skier, whether you're a, a, a power lifter, a NFL player trying to improve your vertical leap, or, or even you know, even a, a piano player or a surgeon or something. A huge part of the benefit you get when you practice is your brain getting better at controlling your body. So with neuropriming, we can speed that up. Your brain gets better faster and you get better results faster. So this kind of uh, reminds me of um, a a neuroscience um, saying that neurons that fire together wire together. And exactly. And so what happens is repetition causes um, a synaptic uh, of, um, I don't know, um, imprint, let's call it. So there's a mm-hmm, synaptic mm-hmm. imprint on your brain when you do anything repetitively. So when you're neuropriming and you say this helps faster, what exactly are you stimulating in the brain to help that process? Yeah, yeah. So you're 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 speaking my language here. I, I think I think you just gave like half of my talk here. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're, All right, we'll erase we'll erase that part. You're spot on. Like neurons that fire together wire together. And what what neuropriming does under the hood is it actually does it makes your neurons a little more likely to fire together. Yeah. You know, stepping back when people first started using this technology. Um, you know, when it was when it was first created by scientists, everybody thought it was, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, juicing up your brain a little bit, you know, yeah. you know, making it more excitable. Turns out that's not the case. What the what the electric fields do is it makes your neurons just a little more likely to fire together when they fire. And that's what speeds up neuroplasticity. So <clears throat> we would call that as an athlete muscle memory way back when exactly now mm-hmm. you're, you're like the cleanup team on the freeway where you're getting rid of all of the rubbish that's blocking this ability for these things to travel at a speed we haven't yet realized they can travel at i know i'm really sort of downgrading your work here so i apologize <laughs> um <clears throat> but how fast can we go well, I mean, is there a speed limit on this particular freeway? Oh, can we really just whatever? If we if we tap this the right way, this thing could be unreal. Well, you know, it, you know, the, the the brain is the brain is amazing. The brain yeah. is. I mean, it's you know, I, I, all of us all all of us have this amazing untapped potential, and uh, you know, there, there's not you know, there, there's not enough time or physiological resources in your body to to train, you know, to to to, to you know to to you know, to, 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 to unlock that potential a lot of the time. So, um, you know, the, it's not magic. I, I, I love to say that it's not magic. It's really important to say because, you know, every, when you train, everybody gets better. But helping, getting results from that training a little bit faster, if you're, if you're an athlete who really cares about performance, especially if you're training at an elite level and, yeah. You know, you're you're limited by recovery. You're limited by the amount of time you can spend out there. Even if you're, you know, if you're, you're kind of a weekend warrior like myself, you're limited by, you know, startup and kids and stuff like that. So, being able to get more results a little bit faster, it ends up being super meaningful to an athlete. So, yeah. um, Chuck, go back if we can go back because I'm I'm really interested in the terminology here because I, I I love being taken to school for this stuff. What is the process mm-hmm. plasticity? within the brain and how you are through this neuropriming beginning to get the brain into this plasticity and then elevating it even further to do exactly what you've just described. Right, right. So neuroplasticity is your brain's ability to optimize itself. Mm. And first of all, you know, that, that's what your brain loves to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm talking to you here. You know, you're, you're learning stuff. You know, I'm learning stuff from you. You know, both of our brains are they're doing neuroplasticity right now you know every you know, every step you take your brain is learning a little bit from that and optimizing itself um, the way that happens under the hood is um, neurons neurons fire neurons fire you do your thing and uh, you know let, you know take um, you know take take training for a, a ski jump for instance right yeah you've got you, know, you you get that you get down there to the end of the ramp and everything fires in exactly the right way to have a smooth, coordinated, 
uh, smooth coordinated jump off the end of the ramp. And then you, you know, you, you get that loft and you hold your position and you get an amazing jump. So the, the outcome, that positive outcome means that the stuff that the stuff that fired together wires together, fires together, wires together, you know, that mm-hmm. exactly what you said, the, the patterns of neural firing that led to a great outcome are reinforced and, that, and, 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 and that's neuroplasticity. Yeah. So, oh, so it's not just you, muscle memory. You've got a, a historical memory of this is what it took at a microscopic level, at a cellular level, to achieve this particular distance in a jump, which is what I was aiming for, or this mm-hmm. particular speed down a slope, or, or whatever your event, whichever <laughs> your sport. So it's not just the muscle memory of... Oh, when I need to do this, the muscles fire in a certain way. You're talking about this is the euphoria, this is the level of technique and performance I'm looking for, and you're working on that level as well. Well, you know the the the, the reason I mention that is because is because it's so important for closing the loop. Um, to, so to train to train mindfully, and, mm. and we talk about this a lot because this is really important to using neuropriming. If you, you know, if, if you go out there and you just go through the motions, then it's probably going to be counterproductive. If you use it sitting on your couch, then maybe you're going to get better at sitting on your couch. But <laughs> I if, like that. If, That's you know, good. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I really, I don't really, but I really don't think 100% effectiveness can be improved upon, Brett. I, <laughs> I'm willing to try. Yeah. yeah. Even though, yeah, I'm, yeah, willing, you know, we, I'm willing to give it a we, shot. We, we, we are, we we all have some unlocked potential, uh, some potential to unlock there. Yeah. You know, maybe you're just at ninety nine percent. Yeah, 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 it's true. So let me ask you this: with respect to. Um uh, what you were just talking about, I, I assume when you're looking at athletes that you're primarily focused upon the motor cortex if you're looking at um, physicality. Uh, exactly. If Is there, and I'm not talking about just Halo because I know that's for athletes, but could there be applications for this where you're stimulating other parts of the brain? I mean, we know from a a neuro um, synaptic standpoint that Mm -hmm. when you learn new things, what happens is you create new neural net pathways and that actually stimulates, you know, that can happen anywhere in your brain. Could this be used Mm -hmm. to, uh, to actually help other areas? So for instance, since, I don't know, like if you're a chess player or mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, like if you're a surgeon. This is where you were going to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it's technique. It's technique. It's yeah. performance. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It, could that be the case? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, the, the, the brain, the brain is a big place. The brain is everything. So, you know, step back to the science. There's great scientific results on things like improving, uh, improving, improving memory, creativity, mm-hmm. um, you know, flip to the medical side, stuff like stuff like depression and uh, you know, chronic pain. You know, there's, there's great research out there. Okay, um, so th- now stop they, right there because I have a really qu- yeah. a, a weird question about that. There's some research okay. out right now uh-huh. where mm-hmm. mild – so what you guys do, and please you'll have to ex- explain how the halo headband works when you answer mm-hmm. this question. Um, mm-hmm. There's some research out there right now that mild electrical stimulation can help with chronic pain and anxiety. So mm-hmm. can you relate that to the halo headband and what it's doing for athletes in the same kind of way? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit def- different mechanism, but, okay. but really, you know, it's pretty much the same technology. So, so what, what halo is doing is neuropriming and that's increasing neuroplasticity your brain's ability to optimize itself right. during training where and when you want it. So if you're, if you're looking at something like chronic pain or anxiety, um, probably the best way to do that is you stimulate different part of the brain, um, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. If you go kind of the, the, the top left of your forehead, that's mm-hmm. where that sits. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you stimulate there, then it, um, it increases what's called cognitive control. And cognitive control is your brain's ability to, it's your brain's ability to do what it needs to do instead of what it wants to do. Um, so if you look at that in anxiety, you stimulate there and, and it, it probably gives you the ability to, to step back a little and understand, well, you know, it, this, it, it'll, it'll be okay. Okay, Brett, are we talking about an override program here? 
where yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, cognitive if, control. If I'm if I'm an endurance athlete, or I'm in an, say say I'm uh, let's let's go warmer and go summer athletics. Olympics. That's so, so. So I'm an 800 meter. I'm going to go into an anaerobic dare. All of those things where, man, my body hurts like I never knew it could hurt. But I have a race to run, and I don't like coming second. You know the kind of person mm-hmm. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The elite athletes. I'm, and I've spoken to so many. Tell. I mean, I've been sitting there going, "You don't feel pain, do you?" And I can't ask the question. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, if you take the ability to feel pain or diminish that ability to feel pain. These guys are going to be, perf- be able to perform at their peak for longer, which I, therefore is... I could run until my feet are bloody. Yes, you could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know here, here, here's the thing for endurance sports. Um, you know, the endurance athletes are already, you know, so enormously goal-driven yeah, and yep. you know, so able already to just to, to separate themselves from that. Um, I, I honestly think there's a there's a better way to look at this for, for endurance sports. Hmm. And yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, so I was a, I was a collegiate rower. I've you know, done a lot of masters of rowing since. So, um, you know, the, a lot of my thinking comes from this, but you know, it, it goes back to muscle memory. If you, the more you ingrain good technique in your muscle memory, mm-hmm. then, then the better you are at keeping your act together mm-hmm. when it starts to hurt right. and yes. holding form and, and not just starting to flail. And if, if you look at the thing that, you know, there's this cascade of failure when you start to, when you start to drop your form, it starts to hurt more yes. and it just, just goes downhill. So that's what they say yeah, that the, if the, you're, if you're able to hold form, then first you, you decrease fatigue by holding proper form all the way through. Right, right, right. And, and that's, you know, there's, there's good data with, with brain stimulation in endurance athletes. And I, and I, I think this is why I think it's, Anything that can can ingrain good form better in your muscle memory, it just lets you keep your act together for longer, and it it just interrupts that whole cascade of fatigue and pain and breaking form even more. That you know that that's what that, that's what makes everything go to hell at the end of a race. Yeah, I learned I learned that from my sex coach. Yes. The, 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 right. Brett, don't be offended. This is where every show basically ends up in this particular <laughs> department of the store. Um, if we look, know, if, no if we look at your your hardware, it, uh, from what I can understand, it, it you use it for about twenty minutes, and then for an hour afterwards, you're able to utilize what it's given you. Are you in the process of being able to expand the length of time you can use it, and therefore elongate the period at which it becomes beneficial? to the muscles and the fibers that you're trying to activate and uh, speed things up? Mm. Well, so, so, so here's the thing. The, the, what you get when you use the headset for 20 minutes mm-hmm. is you know, that, that doesn't give you increased performance by itself. No. That, no. that gives you the ability to get more from the focused training you do during that period. Uh-huh. So, so, so the gains you get are real gains like anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you pair that, if you pair that in you know, 20, 60 minutes with, with the, with hard, smart reps, whatever you're doing, yes. ingrained it into your muscle memory, then that's, that the, the benefits of that training are going to stay with you like, like any other kind of training. I get that, that. Hence, hence the neuro priming, just like when you yeah, prime right. a pump, you pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it, and then you let it go and everything gushes out. So what you've done is you've, exactly. you've added another component to the virtuous cycle of an mm-hmm. athlete's training program and regime. Right. Right. It's uh, right. very, very cool. Yeah. Isn't that? That is, I mean, Where do we go? Do we change? How deep can we go into the brain tissue? Here we go. Here's the questions. I'm gushing. How deep do we go into mm-hmm. the brain tissue? Do we play with the frequencies? If we do, can does that then alter? We've already touched on the fact that geographically around the, the brain, we can do different things because of certain things are contained within certain areas of the brain. Just how much more? I mean, as a percentile, how far are we into 100 right now with this? <laughs> So, you know, we're, I, I, I feel like we're kind of lucky to, you know, to be, the, the field is just beginning and we're kind of lucky to be, to be having, to be having great effects, even at the start, because, because so much of the important stuff in the brain is it's, 
it's it's right at the surface in the cortex. It's mm-hmm. in this motor cortex, which fortunately for for us and for our users is is right under the band of a pair of headphones. But the 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 thing about the brain is the more you the more you individualize stuff and the more you personalize it, um, you know the, the the brain gets bored. There's there's this enormous field out there that's that's starting to be explored by not not just us, but scientists all over the world. You know, how do we how do we make this better and better? How do we how do we go deeper? How do we focus it more? And and how do we take you as an individual athlete and and craft the program um, just like just like your trainer crafts a uh, a workout for you? How do we how do we craft the optimum neuropriming exactly for your brain? It, it's a it, it's a hugely exciting thing. So it's not as simple as me just plugging your headset into the national grid. <laughs> well, you know the the the, the, the cool thing is. Um, the right now, um, right now it works, um, because everybody's brain is different, but also, um, you know, there's, there, there are a lot of commonalities and Mm -hmm. the key is you pair it with training. So you, you pair, you pair the stimulus that, that elevates neuroplasticity across the board. Wow. Um, pair that with the training on exactly what you want to do. And, yeah, so 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 in a lot of ways, in that sense, it is it is uh, it is personalized. Um, I just I just I just had a sci-fi flash forward. Did you? Yeah, where because what you're doing with this neuropriming is electrical in nature, which means that you could actually take the signal that that is created during the training. You could record that and then somehow recreate that in another person's brain, thereby giving other people the benefit of somebody else's training. Let me think. Does the person you're thinking of, the, the, the letters U and B, I'm getting Usain. Uh, yeah, dude, that's uh, about, I right. mean, yeah. Right, right. I mean, I'm okay, saying, okay, okay. it's, it's yeah, almost okay. like the Matrix. It's like the Matrix where you where you jack yeah. into the brain and you take somebody else. So it's just like, I need to learn how to fly a helicopter right now. And then they jack you in and it's just like downloading program. Boom. Like this could be like the beginning of that, man. You know, it, there's, a, there's a wide world of stuff. You know, next next. 20, 50 years in the brain, it's, it's going to be an amazing time. You know, we're, oh. we're, we're not there yet. That's, that's not what Halo's doing, but right. you know, that's, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, the brain's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good stuff, man. Oh man. I'm oh. so sorry. We're out of time, but this is really exciting oh. stuff, man. Yeah. Um, awesome. Listen, awesome. I think you fired some synapses. You either fired some synapses or fried some synapses. I think we did. I think you've been able to achieve both, but in a positive way. Absolutely. Brett, thank awesome. you so much. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Brett Weingeier from uh, well, the Halo Neuroscience. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. And if you've got enough of those pennies left, go buy yourself a headset and uh, make yourself an elite athlete or at least take yourself towards being an elite athlete. We're going to take that break. Coming up, we'll take a look at the neuroscience of virtual reality training with none other than the Chief Science Officer at Striver. Don't go away. We're back shortly. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com guarantees. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. 
Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. Yes, he certainly is. And this is still playing with science. And today we're exploring the way athletes can dope their synapses using brain technology to improve their, their plasticity, how they get going, how they fire things up. Don't like to be called brain doping, does it? Yeah, they don't like it, but you know, it's a cool term. I don't care what anybody says. Brain doping is awesome. It's like your brain's getting high on itself. I wish I could do that. Kidding me? All this money I'm paying my dealer. <laughs> and moving on quickly. Uh, and joining us now <laughs> to talk about this. Yes, that's that skipped us on a few beats. Joining us now, talk about neuroscience behind the virtual reality training is Michael Casali, who is Chief Science Officer at Striver, our good friends at Striver. So, Michael. Thank you so much for, for actually still being here mm. after that introduction. It, it, it is it is Friday afternoon. Oh yeah, it I, is. I, yeah, I, I totally get it. It is one of those days, Absolutely, but it seems to man. seems to be Groundhog Day. Right. <laughs> it's so cool to have a. Um, uh, a, a title, Chief Science Officer. Uh, Gary and I were talking like, no. it sounds like something on, on the USS I, Enterprise. I really like, do hope you've got a badge on, yeah, on you your sort of like, on your just, chest, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere I go, people know I'm the science officer. They don't know quite what it means, but they know I'm the science officer. Do they salute? <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. I think, I I think you should make them salute. You ought to start that. Yeah. Yes. Science salute. That's right. It's funny, I'm uh, doing a lot of reading. You know, first of all, let me just say congratulations to Striver yeah. on uh, how um, widely adopted you guys and your technology is being accepted across different uh, sports platforms. And uh, maybe you can talk to us from a, um, a neuroscience perspective as to why you think that is happening. You're seeing a, a really um, um, increased uh, adoption of this technology. Sure. Right. So I think um, for any athlete, and, and even if you're a casual athlete, uh, for you to be able to participate in the game, there really is no substitute as far as your performance improvement goes. Now, obviously, with professional athletes, uh, between the travel, the injuries, the offseason, uh, this, this access to the real world, the real games, isn't always available to them. Um, obviously, they do things to try to surrogate that. Uh, they do practices in the offseason. Um, scrimmages, they'll do weights, they'll do drills, they'll even look at film. And so that that last point, the film session, is something that we found uh, a really valuable opportunity that we thought to improve. And so the idea being there, uh, if you look at the current film sessions, they're often done in a you know kind of dis, disenfranchised, detached way, right? It's a guy sitting, maybe he's paying attention to the video, maybe he's not. Um, or she, and there's a coach and they're instructing them, but it's this really kind of passive experience, right? So it's that they're looking at something, that they're having to kind of manipulate the information that's coming from a 2D environment, from a third person perspective. And so that information doesn't always resonate. 
Um, with the experts, they're able to probably do a little bit better job of taking that information and understanding how that would apply in the real world situation. But for, uh, for many athletes, especially the young ones who are up and coming, it's really critical for them to get in the game. And so, you know, with virtual technology and the ability to kind of get that easily, and this, this is only a recent thing in the past few years where folks have been able to get virtual technology in offices in their homes for a relatively cheap price. Um, this has allowed us to be able to put folks into the game in a way that they haven't before. So to get that first person perspective, to get that uh, experience of what it's like to kind of nail down the timing, to feel the stress and pressure of being a quarterback, of being a point guard. And so these things are really important uh, from a neuroscience perspective. We know that in order to really facilitate transfer of training, which is which is the goal of any training, is to be able to apply it in the real world it needs to map onto the same perceptual inputs that you would get in the real world, right? So it follows that if you're looking at a you know, 2D video from a third person perspective, those inputs, you might be learning something, mm. but the translatability, how that actually applies in the real world is limited by getting all those kind of same perceptual inputs um, that hit the visual cortex, that hit the other sensory cortices that ultimately play into the decision making, you're able to really experience firsthand what the real world performance would be like, not just some, again, you know, 2D learning that may or may not transfer into the real world. So uh, we, 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 you hear about it a lot, the 10,000 hours equals the elite athlete, mm. you know, the, the, the quality of training. For me, that's not always possible. If we took, for instance, alpine skiing, I've got to get the snow. I've got to get there when the snow's good. I've got to get in this chairlift. I've got to go up the mountain. I'm going to spend a minute or two coming down the mountain to get back up, wait my turn to come. I'm not going to get 10,000 hours. But all of a sudden... I'm sticking on this virtual reality headset, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the mileage, as it were. I'm putting in those hard hours over and over again. It's not just for the athletes themselves. It becomes a coach's boon to be able to have their athlete go through all of this. And then you can turn around and say, this is closer to the finished article than three, four weeks, three, four months ago. So this is, this is why it's probably being embraced as far as I can see. Yeah, the, in, in what you mentioned, I think we can kind of sum up uh, as the phenomenon of repetition learning, right? And that's a pretty, that's practice, right, in, yeah. in the latest terms. And that's that's critical. And, and obviously, if you can get more practice, that's going to lead to better performance. And for a lot of these guys, and I'll take the quarterback example, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll, during the week, they are seeing uh, a kind of almost a countless number of variations of the defensive looks. And so they have to be really good about how do I learn this in just a few trials as it were or a few snaps during practice well chances are they're not learning everything to the best of their ability they're kind of doing the, what they can with what they have which is a limited practice time to your exact point to be able to then kind of multiply that to to get those additional mental repetitions so that they can hone in on their decision making better and we know at the elite level it's not necessarily all about who's the best athlete but it's about who's the best decision maker uh, in a quick enough amount of time. Uh -huh. That's what that's what we're really training with VR right now. At some point, I think in the not too distant future, we'll be able to get more holistic experiences in the virtual environment where you can actually move like you would in a real game, get hit like you would in the real game maybe, um, but we're not quite there. But that said, there's still a lot of value for just the decision-making component, all the cognitive components that we know are important. Uh -huh. The training physically can take place anywhere. Um, you can get, you can simulate what it's like to be, you know, in, in sprinting up and down a court by just doing that on your own, but you can't always simulate what it's like to kind of have a defensive trap in the backcourt when you're playing basketball right. or to have blindside defender coming at you when you're a quarterback, you can simulate that in VR and make those decisions accordingly. You can't do that watching a 2d video. And so, and again, from all the things that we know about how the perceptual inputs work and how that plays in the learning from the neuroscience, we know that that's a better way to learn. Now we have the ability to do it. So it's the last few years with this technology, these technology advancements that have really allowed us to do that. And so and so teams are really making use of it. And, and it's great for us to be in a position to be able to kind of understand what their needs are from a training perspective and then quickly be able to adapt the technology accordingly. Um, so that's, yeah, so we've experienced a lot of success in that domain and, and hopefully continue to grow as we learn about what's valuable and as the technology continues to rapidly develop. Let me ask you this about uh, when, you, when you talked about um, the, the situations and I, I read where, uh, especially in the NFL, uh, 
particularly backup quarterbacks, uh, yeah. benefit greatly from this because they don't get the reps during the week of for those who are. Who was not, the Vikings quarterback? The young, the young. Uh, Palm, uh, well, I know Carson Palmer was using it. Uh, I forget the. Um, they just, Case, Case Keenum was a big. Case Keenum. Keenum. That's who it was. You Case see? Keenum. Yeah. Why did I ask you? Yeah. Should I ask him? Yeah, Michael yeah. knew. I'm sure so, he actually <laughs> gave it to Case Keenum personally. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. But he but, all of a sudden he just went pop. Yeah. So now here and and listen, they all swear by it because they said that basically it's it's a matter of getting the reps, okay? And mm. everybody knows that uh, in order for you to play on Sunday, you know the the big question is how many reps you got during the week. What are they seeing? Is what I want to know. And where are you getting the imagery to put in the headset? Because I would think that you would you can't. Or can you? You can't manipulate these images, can you? Or can you? So let's, for instance, for instance, I wanted to, I want to show a, a fake blitz to a quarterback, and I want him to understand that. Look, this is what a fake blitz is. Do you create that, or did you film that, or how does it work? This is a great question. Um, and right now, what we're doing is we're using 360 video, so we're using live footage. Um, that we can then put into the VR experience for the quarterback to learn. Now, all this, all these images, because they're live video, they have to be shot with ex like extreme high fidelity of the perceptual fidelity. So yes. for sport, timing is critical. Milliseconds are critical. So we can't fudge that. In other training experiences that we're uh, getting into now, the timing isn't quite as critical as it is in like professional sports. So you can you have a little bit more room, uh, wiggle room when it comes to creating the experience. And so you can start to kind of use other techniques and technologies. But for football, we've used 360 video. That does limit us in the sense that, like you just mentioned, creating a blitz, like on the blind side, we'd have to go out and film that. Um, but as it turns out, we've really done a lot of work to create uh, great efficiencies in that process. So at the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of practice, uh, if even that, sometimes it's just 10 minutes, they will actually dedicate time to be able to look at the different formations they need to work on and simulate those. And so whether it's, you know, different blitz packages, whether it's different, you know, defensive formations that they haven't been able to get to that week, we'll go ahead and we'll set up the camera technology to be able to capture that in a really efficient manner. But cool. that's, the, that's the limitation we're at with 360 video. There are a lot of cool yeah. techniques coming online right now, and this is what you're alluding to, which will allow us to manipulate that space, which will allow us to be able to say, okay, now I want to move this player over to this position. Yeah. So that world is like, it's kind of here. It's just not, you know, scalable. It's not as good and crisp as it should be right now, but right. it's getting there. That's going to allow us to do a whole host of other. Uh, so what about this? What about um, the marrying your technology to video game technology? When you look at these games like Madden, mm. okay, and you see how um, uh, the way they, and they're doing it digitally. They're yeah. moving the camera on the field digitally from a above the, above the grid view to a quarterback first person perspective to, uh, you know, a two shot, the whole deal. W is it possible you guys might be able to do something like that where you're taking, um, you know, basically what would be a construct and then building the field yeah. and the team and then placing the player in that construct. So that's exactly the ambition ultimately is to be able to do that, to manipulate ways, uh, guys in ways which are really conducive to the training experience. We know it's better to have different looks of the same defense. Right now we're getting one look of that or maybe slight variations of that. Um, that technology that they use to do that is really costly. It's really uh, okay. not efficient, but it's there, your point. And, and as we know with all technology, when it's there, it will eventually scale down and yeah. be able, uh, and, and will give us the ability to use that when it's cheap enough and efficient enough. Right. But there's a lot of value for obviously just what we're doing now. But that isn't the next level kind of thing that we is need. Is it to the quality that you require, and the it's, athletes it, will require? So the the point you made, so you 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 mentioned the point about Madden earlier, and that's something that I really want to address. So there are other. Uh, folks who are kind of experimenting with this idea, but what if we just, because they value more than the ability to manipulate at this point. So they, the trade-off is that they use this kind of like video game like technology. And as right. you know, from Madden, you can learn like concepts, but you don't know what it's like to make a decision under pressure. You don't know right. these guys are going to move in a kind of a goofy way and maybe they kind of stop and start again and there's right. a glitch in the system. So it's really important that we don't mistrain guys, right? So with Madden type of technology, you can maybe learn concepts, but you might not train the right perceptual inputs, and therefore the learning doesn't translate as well. And or in fact, in some cases, you might be hurting learning. Yeah, I was going to say you you could end up screwing a guy up because yeah, you yeah. throw his timing off. <laughs> He's waiting for a player to stop in the glitch for us. <laughs> right, that yeah. would actually no, oh, dude. You, you laugh, you laugh, but that's if you think about the way the brain <laughs> yeah. information and the map side, that's exactly what's going to happen if right. you do that at time. Yeah. So 
<laughs> yeah. We've decided to not go that route for those principled reasons. I think other people have just decided, well, that's a cool thing to do. And that's a feature they request. So we're, we're going to do it that way. And we know that that's just not a good way to train. So right. once the technology gets there, well, we can do both. And that is the ideal world. That's going to open up so many more opportunities for us. But what we're learning now from these organizations, just about how to use it, and how to integrate it in their current training, yeah. that's going to help us when that technology comes online. We'll be ready to go to be able to implement right away um, with all the best practices that we're learning now from how to do this uh, with, within these organizations. So that's really good, a good place that we're at. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Is your technology best suited to sports, to positions within certain sports that are very technical, very technique, say golf swing, quarterback, you know, that kind of element that requires an awful lot of technique? Is that where you're finding it has its ultimate benefits? I would suggest more broadly that it's anything that really requires what you know, you would call kind of course the experiential learning. And that just means any time you can't substitute the experience with words or even like a different perspective. Yeah. And so we're, we're finding actually outside of sports, there's a lot of interest in what we do. And we've started working with big organizations on training even their employees, not sports players, but basically people who need to learn skills in the real world who don't have the ability to do that because it doesn't lend itself well to like being read in a manual, for example. So timing, definitely, because we're able to get that timing down in a realistic way. So the quarterback thing is an obvious example. But even other skills like learning to make decisions on the fly, learning to improv, learning to kind of see things in context. Um, and, and this can be a variety of things. This could be decision making when you're looking at like whether or not to send someone out to battle or not send someone out to battle or whether in, in, in a lot of instances, police are using this to know when to like shoot or not shoot. Um, and that's a really, these are kind of really powerful day-to-day things that we have to kind of deal with um, that impact a lot of people's lives. So even beyond sports, we're finding that the realistic decision-making component of all of this is important. Anytime you need to kind of, you know, uh, replicate the stress of the environment to replicate what it's like to have a lot of chaos in the environment, that's a good that's a good place for VR to, to really shine. When it's something that you can learn from a book, then great. Right. VR is probably the best case for that. So I don't want to limit it just to sports. We're finding a lot of value outside of sports. But obviously sports was the first place that we started that. I love it. How amazing. It's, it's got it. real, world real world implications. That's what it is. And you're taking from, in, in a sense, of team sports strategies or even just the sporting world strategy and implementing those into a real world scenario, but using your technology to achieve the same thing, which is a positive outcome. I love it. I just, I can't wait for you guys to come up with a parenting version. So I can just, (laughs) I can just slap a headset on my kids. Oh, that would be awesome. Bango's your dad of the year award. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's anything, you know, at the end of the day, the core things that are governing the learning. So the brain science behind the learning, what a quarterback has to do and the decision making mm. to that, that's the same decision making process. Those are the same neural processes right. that govern a lot of other types of learning. So it's not that just like there's a quarterback specific yeah, right. part of the brain, right? These are mechanisms that we have generally to learn other things. And so anytime that those learning systems come online, to help you learn, that's where VR is going to be really good for, and it goes beyond sports. Like I it's amazing, amazing. So listen, <laughs> I uh, I was uh, reading a thing about uh, the U.S. downhill uh, ski team. Uh, I forget the um, um, the athlete who was injured used uh, your Striver technology to help in the recovery, uh, which is what the article was talking about. And now, is that just to stay familiarized with the motions, or how do you help in the recovery? Yeah. So again, I, I think the idea that you and this, so this is true for basketball, this is true for any other sport, probably a lot of other applications, but sports, the most obvious one, where if you're not able to get on the slope or you're not able to get on the court or the field, your ability to kind of take in and process information like you would in the real world. So all the things that happen, the, the kind of speed at which things happen, the motion is, is something that you can always kind of replicate. I'm pending that you're not injured in a different environment. But what you can't replicate is what it's like to feel that pressure, that stress, to make that kind of like millisecond decision making. That's something that you can't do by just thinking about it necessarily, or even kind of watching yourself do it in a TV video. You actually have to see the same visual inputs and react to them the same way that decision making. So, you know, obviously if you're injured, you're gonna have to go through that physical rehab process. But even when you kind of fully recover physically, you still have that kind of mental recovery, right? You have to kind of get adjusted to the game. They, they talk about this all the time when players come back on the court, you know, they may be physically fit, they may be physically fine, but adjusting to the speed of the game, as it were, or in the case of the skiing, adjusting to the speed of the slope, like that's something that is, is difficult, if not impossible to get, uh, unless you're on the, the playing field. That's what we're trying to replicate. And that's where they find a lot of value right now is being able to replicate those environments. Because then you, then when you're physically fine, you're mentally fine right there as well, right? You don't have to spend that extra time doing the mental recovery. So you, keep, you're, you are endeavoring to keep game sharpness in yeah, place yeah, within a manageable bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool, man. See, and I must ask you before, before we shamefully have to let you go because we want to keep you here for ages, I think. Um, how far away are you from the sort of impact sensor within the whole athlete? For instance, if I'm the quarterback and I'm going to be a very bad quarterback, I can tell you right now, uh, but I need to know what it's like, not just the fact that there's a big guy coming from a right, the left, there's an even bigger guy coming straight. I need to feel the fact that, you know what, you should have thrown it because boom, and I can feel that through my whole body and I can, th there's another level of education and learning. So please, how far away are we, are you, us, whoever? Yeah. So to have it commercially available to, for us to scale it with our teams is probably a, a couple of years away. The good news is that technology exists and that's growing rapidly. This wow. field of you're on it. In other words, sir, you are on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're on it, that's and it's awesome. hugely important. Yeah, it's hugely yeah. important. That is awesome, man. And you say it's a couple of years away. That's that's a blink of an eye when when it comes to you know how fast technology moves. That's very so cool. I, so the, the technology to create the um, the sensor environment, you know, you experience that same sensory input is definitely there. I think the trick is going to be how do you then make sure you customize it for each of the individual applications. So do you do you need to get hit a certain way when you're a quarterback or is it enough to kind of feel a thud? I think those are the open questions that we still need to answer. That will depend um, on the athlete because sometimes the coach will tell you the athlete needs to get hit that little bit harder before the athlete realizes that you need to do this thing quicker. Oh, that coach is a dick. No, no, no. Some Each athlete, <laughs> Chuck, we've mentioned this, each athlete learns in a different way and each athlete has to get the best brought out of them in a slightly different way. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes you've got to hit harder. I learn through coddling. Yes. That's because <laughs> you're you a prima have, donna. You experience that but maybe that's what we should build next <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so um have you guys ever thought about um <clears throat> taking this technology and i, I don't mean now because i know that right now you're like i said you're being uh widely adopted uh across so many platforms mm. but from a consumer um recreational standpoint are you guys ever think about if this gets small enough that 
you can actually take somebody into the game itself. So you're watching a live game and you're able to jack into the game from home and in an instant replay, instead of seeing like the Fox instant replay, it's the Striver instant replay where you put on your headset and you actually get to be on the field and see exactly what just happened on the field. Why am I getting so excited about this? It doesn't even exist, but, but it, it's so cool. It will do. And secondly, you'll be Tom Brady. <laughs> I'd rather be Nick Foles. That's, that's a really interesting question. We've obviously thought about that. Yeah. Um, other organizations are trying to do that right now. And so I think it would be interesting for like the average consumer to be able to see what it's like to see what Tom Brady sees. Although I would question whether or not that's a good way to watch a game. Um, yeah. we'll, but, uh, but, but that might be uh, that might be some insight that people can get about, well, what is it like to kind of be blindsided? Right. Cause everybody always sits in their you know, chair watching the game thinking that like, oh, okay, I could have easily made that path. He had a ton of time back there. Right. But if you actually look at what he's looking at when, you yeah, know, he sure. has a field, that might be a kind of a cool insight for, uh, for the average, you know, football fan. Uh, do you, do you, just, wait a minute, just, well, just yeah, yeah. to uh, answer a question. Uh, uh, for the fan who wants to see what Tom Brady sees. Uh, as an Eagles fan, let me just say that what, what he would see is defeat. Oh, oh, oh my God. No <laughs> uh, you, sometimes, Michael, you just got to let Chuck get things off his chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> move on. It's been a long time for Eagles fans. So. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, oh, yeah. It's been a no time. And let me tell you something. And to all the Patriots fans, though, so we haven't been on the air for a while and talking about this. We all know now that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I'm not a person who likes to gloat. But. Okay. And I'm not going to gloat. But I will say this. As a Patriots fan, the one thing that you did not know need was another ring. You, you, I'm sure you wanted another ring, but you didn't need one. Eagles fans needed a ring. We needed it, okay? So that's all I'm saying. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Michael, you're an incredibly patient man, and we appreciate that. I think it's been brilliant. Thank you, Michael Casali from Striver. Uh, yeah, Michael. Chief Science Officer. Dude, such a pleasure. Do that. Yeah, and we've such got to come pleasure. up with a salute for you. That's that's yeah, most yeah, certainly. I'm absolutely ready for you guys. Oh, brilliant. Um, very best of luck, sir, with everything. And thank you for what you've given us already and on behalf of every athlete so far. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much indeed. Absolutely, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, that's our show, Chuck. Oh, my God. It's so fascinating, I've got to tell you. Now. I feel smarter for some reason and more uh, athletic, and I've done nothing. But that's the whole idea. <laughs> Being able to use the power of the brain to achieve so much more. And we've got Brett at Halo. We've got Michael at Striver. Yeah. And they are at the forefront. They are pushing the boundaries. They are giving athletes mm. that extra percentage they didn't know that they could access. Absolutely. I can't wait for these guys to come up with a technology that actually turns you into an athlete while you eat sandwiches and sleep that would be that's like when that happens oh my god am i gonna be a viking yes. that's a, just abuse of technology <laughs> it's a great abuse of technology but it's still abuse yeah absolutely and while chuck and i go off to snack i hope you've enjoyed this uh, playing with science has been an absolute blast and uh, we have been in the front row of class once again for yeah. technology and the use in the brain um yeah, Playing With Science. Hope you enjoyed it. We see you all soon, I'm sure. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.